Audi ISD is moving in a new way forward, and we want to keep you in the loop. So during each episode of our podcast, we'll bring in new people. People like teachers, students, staff, even district leaders to talk about all the things happening in Aldine ISD. Our episode for Black History Month was finalized before we found out some unfortunate information. Former Aldine ISD trustee, Mr. A.W. Jones, passed away. Mr. Jones served as an Aldine ISD trustee for 30 years. He was the first African-American to serve as an Aldine ISD board member and passed away on February 13th. He was a lifelong resident of Aldine and served as a trustee from 1976 when he was appointed to the board to fill the unexpired term of trustee Ray Shotwell. He retired from the board in December of 2006. During his 30 years of service, Mr. Jones held all four board offices and chaired numerous committees more than once. He was a gentle giant. A community leader and public servant, he was the recipient of numerous service awards and was recognized for those awards when the board acknowledged his service to the community by naming a pre-K center and an elementary school in his honor. Although he's no longer here with us, he is truly a legacy. He left a legacy. And it's so timely that we honor him during Black History Month and our pause to acknowledge legacy. He himself was a Carver High School graduate. All seven of Mr. Jones's children are Aldine ISD graduates, having earned MacArthur High School and Nimitz High School diplomas. Guess what? We're still celebrating Black History Month. We hope you enjoy the conversations from the last episode. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest and tell you there were some tears, there were some laughters, but above all, there was a lot of awe. You know, my mouth was open most of the time talking to the guests. Um, you just learn so much every day, and it's, it's, it's truly an honor to sit at the feet of these um, giants who are walking through life, not even knowing how much uh, they've changed the world for so many people. If you haven't listened yet, stop what you're doing right now. Just stop. Go back, find episode three, listen to that, then come back. We'll be here. Stop what you're doing, go find episode three, and then come back. Today, we're going to continue the celebration of Black excellence and the importance of legacy. Before I get into the guests, I want to share my top three this week. Did y'all know Harriet Tubman is going to be on the $20 bill? Yes, the Biden's uh, Treasury will seek to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, which it was talked about a little bit before, but it got held up. But it was one of the first orders that he started talking about when he became uh, president. And so he will or has suggested that Ms. Tubman will replace Andrew Jackson as the face of the $20 bill. And, um, you know, it's it's I'm really proud. Harriet Tubman is a woman. There's going to be a woman on a bill. Uh, there's a lot of change. I'll get that. A lot of change here. But. Harriet Tubman will be on the $20 bill. And when it happens, I would just like all of you to send me a $20 bill just so I can have it as a keepsake. Nothing more than that. Just for me to have as a keepsake. If you want, you can address it to Alden, which is my son, and he'll put it in his box and we'll save it forever. It'll be like a keepsake for him. Harriet Tubman will be on the $20 bill. That's a really big deal. That that and um, us naming... Um, 
having a vice president as a woman, I mean, that's pretty, pretty, pretty big things are happening in 2021, which leads me to, we announced that the Young Women's Leadership Academy at Parker has officially been launched in Aldean. Huge deal. It deserves a round of applause. The Young Women's Leadership Academy at Parker is um, a specialized and choice school in Aldine designed for young women to learn about being a leader. They're going to learn about sisterhood and really build on that. And then they're also going to be focused on, they're going to be prepared to be uh, successful following college or following graduation and uh, careers in STEM. So it's a, a, a great opportunity. We'll go into more detail and talk to the principal in Women's History Month in March. So uh, as a reminder, the Young Women's Leadership Academy at Parker was launched in Aldine. Big deal. 2021 is starting to redeem itself. Um, it's taking a little while, but it's starting to redeem itself. And so uh, also I want to remind you that you can celebrate Black History Month all year long, not just one month. I encourage you to look up some authors that you've never read, find a little more history about um, African-Americans and just really dig into the experience. There are so many. One of my favorite books that really changed um, things for me is Tony Dungy's book on leadership. He is uh, one of the NFL's first African-American head coaches. And so read about uh, just the history that's happening for these leaders who are African-American and um, learn a little more about Black history. Lastly, I want to give a special congratulations to the Black History Oratory Competition winners. Those that are at campuses and those that came and represented at the district level. Thank you for sharing your voice and helping us know what it means to connect, inspire, and impact others. Your voices are amazing. Folks, the young people are going to be okay. They're going to be okay. We're leaving the world in good hands. I celebrate Black History Month every single day. But, of course, February is a special month. This month, we'll be talking to a variety of people who have a legacy that we want you to know about. I want to introduce our first guest, Ms. Kathy Griggs. She's the wife of the late Merlin Griggs, who's the namesake of one of our primary schools. I am Kathy Liggins Griggs. I am a registrar in Spring ISD School District. Okay. I am a former employee of Aldine ISD, mm -hmm. whom I love dearly. One day in the future, I hope to come back. So, Ms. Griggs, your husband's legacy shines through you and your sons, Merlin II and Justin. Yes. And Mr. Griggs was a local businessman who was appointed to the board in May of 2007. Uh, he uh, was elected to the position in November of 2007. You guys are life residents of Wood Creek, or not life residents. You're Wood Creek residents and an active community member in Aldine Schools. If I say your name, everybody knows who you are. Everybody. Everybody knows the Griggs family. Okay, everybody would know the Griggs family through Merlin Griggs because but he has never, ever met a stranger. I understand. He's he. I never met a stranger. <laughs> he he definitely was somebody I knew. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Griggs served as a SNAP mentor. Students need a push and a pat. 
and president of the Nimitz High School Booster Club. He was yes. known to spend time speaking to students at career days throughout his years in Aldine. And um, I just want to remind y'all that he is a graduate of Prairie View and m University and is a founding board member of the Aldine Education Foundation. He's a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha and has and served faithfully as an ordained deacon at Fallbrook Church. Yes, that was Merlin Griggs Sr. And as I said, his legacy shines through you and your sons. Also, Griggs ECPKK School, or yes. Griggs Primary School, is named <laughs> in his honor. Today, I'm happy to have you here. Today, I want to talk a little bit about a few things. So I want to talk about legacy. Um, this show is, a, we're using uh, this month to talk about Black history. And um, what I keep, I mean, throughout the whole kind of time I've been here, there are some true walking Black history moments happening all around us. And so we're going to talk about black history. Um, I also want to talk and end with legacy. So just start thinking about legacy and put that in the back of your mind. Okay. But for now, we're just going to talk. Okay. So tell me what it's like to be, well, I said, when when I say your name, everyone knows you. And, and you corrected me. So tell me what that's like. Um, because my husband... Never met a stranger. And because I've always worked with preschool, I've always been in the school district. We've always been parents who volunteered, who uh, worked in the schools, um, because we've always been there. We've always been there, part of education. So that's where I would say people would know my name when I see people out and it's like, uh, oh, I know you. And I'm thinking to myself, you either know me from one or two places. One is the church or one is Aldine ISD. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I would say people would know me or they would think at the last couple of years, upon the fact that they would think Griggs, oh, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. And then when I say, oh, I have a school, we have a school that's named in our honor and it's Griggs EC Pre-K K School. And they were like, oh, OK, that's where I know it from. So, Griggs School name, um, it's out there. I'm excited, proud, mm -hmm. uh, sad at times that it's out there, but it is out there. And it is an honor uh, for our name to be out there. So, tell me what it's like when you see your name on a building. Um, the bottom of my stomach turns then the thought process comes to mind as to how the name got there. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, how proud he, uh, Merlin, would be to have his name on a building. Mm -hmm. um, when we had our oldest son and we were in the hospital, and at first I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to name this child Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to name this child. And he was like, yeah, let's name him Merlin. I'm like, I don't know why. But he kept saying, yeah, Merlin, it's going to be a great name. In the oh. future, you will see it's going to be a great name. Merlin no, Griggs is going to be a great name. And I'm thinking, hmm, Merlin? He says, yes. Okay. So we named him our oldest son, Merlin Douglas Griggs II. And when I just out and about sometime on Saturday, sometime in the afternoon, I just drive by there and just think, shudder to myself, God, you know, this has came to life. Look at 
his name of what he said. It is a great name, and it is truly a great name. I have knots in my stomach when I pass by the building, but, you know, once I go, I get out of my car and I go inside, it's just excitement and proud and just jubilant all over to think that this has happened to us. I'm so glad you talked about being a parent. Right. Um, We created a new department called the Family and Community Engagement Department. That department is created to really engage families in the learning process. Right. And so I think many times you you talked about being an active member, a volunteer. Yeah. And there are parents who are volunteers and they show up and they, you know, help with line duty or they help with, you know, lunch monitoring. Some some parents cut things out for teachers. Mm -hmm. But there are also parents who do not know what their students are learning and how it's, you know, how it's going to all play out. But I think people also forget or don't realize that parents have a lot on their plate. You know, they're working, they're doing that. So what do you tell, what can you tell parents about being engaged in their students, you know, academic journey? Enroll their child in an early childhood program early. Tell me why. Because that's a start. That is a com. We we as parents, Merlin used to say this all the time. We have a common purpose, and that is to educate our children, and that is to start them off early. When before we even had children, um, we lived in a neighborhood. The kids were zoned to Nimitz High School. We we had no kids. My husband would go to the basketball games, to the football game. I'm at home. Why, why are you going to these? But these are the neighborhood kids. And it's like, you know, I'm going to become involved in their lives. Some of the boys, you know, parents were single parents. Some had their parents at home. But because you were going to go out and just go to their games just to be there to support them. OK, let let you go ahead on. I'm going to stay here. Once he got involved in, you know, in kids lives and in their education, um, it just took off from there. So for me to say now there are so many tools that parents can go to to get involved in their child's school. First thing, you can go to HEC, which is Home Access Center. Ma'am. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you, I mean, go ahead. Keep going. You're just, you're helping me out. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> they can go to the Home Access Center. You can call your school, find out where your password, what your login is, you can save that as one of your favorites. You can check into that each and every day just to see where your ki- your child is, if they're doing well in attendance, if they're going to class, uh, if they're, you know, communicating with your child's teacher. Each and every day you have their emails. That is one process that you can use, one tool you can use to be able to access, you know, your child's education every day. This starts at early childhood. You have an open dialogue with your classroom teacher every day from kindergarten through high school, know, you know, what their scores are. You can look at their report card. And it is so important for kids who are in high school. Once you get to that ninth grade level, um, even now I know, I'm not sure if it's in first grade or third, uh, you can, your kid can take a Spanish class. When they take that Spanish class, you, you are allowed to award credit for that Spanish class depending on um, if it's taught uh, from some part of a curriculum. This just came out um, sometime last year. Well, 
let me just drop in a little commercial break here. We have a dual language program. Yes. That is uh, at, at many of our, at five of our elementary schools in each one of the feeder patterns. And yes. so students can enroll and they are learn they're learning English and Spanish. Spanish. So the Spanish uh, speakers are, are being taught English and the English speakers are being taught Spanish. And then they're helping each other. Tether. Okay. And so we start that at the EC pre-K programs and it goes up through the elementary, elementary school. And mm-hmm. our goal is to eventually continue that and it go up through high school. So, you know, students are learning as early as K to to do to okay. do what you just said, speak yeah. another language. So yeah, so that program, if the parents would just learn the home access center, you that is an open open door for you to talk to your child's teacher each and every day. Once they do that, that to me is like I'm taking an approach to my child's education. If that doesn't, you know, work for you, you don't have access to a computer, you can go to a library. You can come to the campus when they open so that you can have that open dialogue. But as long as parents, if you, a parent and you work and you are not able to go to the campus to volunteer. You work a lot of hours like me. Uh, No, (laughs) ma'am. No, ma'am. You work a lot of hours like me. No, no, I do work a lot of hours. You may work a lot of hours now, but me, no, I, I don't work a lot of hours. I try to do those eight Okay, so when you're doing your eight hours and you yes. can't get to the campus because it's closed, how else do you encourage parents to be engaged in their students' learning? Or what did you do? Tell me what you did. What did I do? I was there at the campus. I worked for the school. Ah, okay. So I can walk over to the classroom. I can stick my head in the door. If things get out of control. You can I need come to, to ask my your office. Sons how that went? Very well. You... I don't think that's what they would say. Oh yes, they liked it. Uh, they they enjoyed the perks of it, but when things got hot, mm-hmm. um, you can come into my office and let's have a conversation. That's what you tell your son? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been times I've went to um, Teague Elementary and I need to speak with my son. Could we have your office for a few minutes? Oh. So we've had uh, a couple of those conversations and uh, our sons turn out very well. They're graduates of Nimitz High School and uh, they're doing extremely well. Our- is one of them an educator or either either one? No. They pursued something different. Yes. Justin uh, started out with education. He went through the teaching program at uh, Nimitz High School, mm-hmm. finished, got the piece of paper, the certification paper for it, everything. Got to college, went one year as an education major. This is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. I'm sure he's giving in another way. He's giving back he in another way. He does give back. Um, I am a preschool director at Fallbrook Church. Mm-hmm. So both of them work in the preschool area at Fallbrook. Um, they volunteer all the time with Fallbrook on when they do their food drives. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that Mr. Griggs was, you know, was big on. And that was volunteering. And he loved to volunteer, drag me, um, the boys out on Saturdays, on Sunday, whenever something was going on in Aldine, when they had the storms, the floods, um, even though at that point in time in his life he was going through chemo, I'm thinking to myself, this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to have my gloves on. I really don't think you need to be out and about, but I have to go and see, you know, what's going on. I have to make sure that everything is taken care of. I'm sure the people in Aldine have all of that, but, you know, I need to be here. So he went. 
So I'm probably going to get in trouble for this if somebody hears me say it. But uh, first of all, service for all um, connected to Alpha Phi Alpha, the fraternity. And um, we share that in common. Uh, I am married to a, a, a member of the fraternity. Yes. And so to me, that that's right in line with who they are as an organization. Yes. Tell me um, what that feels like now. Although he, what, how has that organization continued or how has your connection continued? What has his, how has his work continued? Um, his work has continued. We have a scholarship uh, that's an endowment through Aldine Education Center. We have a scholarship through Fallbrook Church, which is based off of students um, volunteer in their services. Um, we give the first year we have a scholarship uh, gala. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017 was the first year we gave away um, scholarships to 10 students. Mm. So each year we have a scholarship gala. And we raise funds uh, for students who volunteer in the community or in their school. But the scholarship is based strictly off, uh, it goes strictly to students who are in Fallbrook Church. Okay. And you have to have so many hours in the church and you have to have so many hours outside of the church. Um, So we continue that through those two avenues as far as service in his honor. That's great. Okay, just a few more questions. Um, what is your family's legacy? To continue pushing students to finish, to complete, to be a completer, to finish high school, to continue their education, uh, to be lifelong learners. Uh, Merlin and I uh, were always supportive of kids in education. Me, myself, I didn't get my degree until I was 47. Mm. But you completed it. But I completed it. completion. Uh, I go, I start, and I stop. And that's why I say you can be a lifelong learner. And my legacy, his legacy, will be to continue pushing children in education because— with education, it's like you, there is a, a continuous road for you to travel um, with education. You, doors open for you when you have an education. Um, it opens for you with a high school diploma. Um, it, it opens also for you as you complete your college education. If you don't, just continue to push, continue to move forward. Get a semester in here, a semester in there, but do complete your education. So it's been great. Only a few little bumps in the road. I only wiped my face a couple times. I mean, you're such an inspiration. I want to make sure you don't have, you don't want to say anything else. Is there anything else you want to add? I am delighted to be here. I'm excited that you came. I love Aldine when I go to work every day. (laughs) Do you wear that? I do. (laughs) I this too. I wear this, and I wear that that, that shirt that says Griggs. Because you know, in in my district, we can wear um, jeans and t shirts every day. Uh-huh. And I on Fridays, I put that Griggs EC Pre K on. Well, thank you for being a walking billboard. And I am for Griggs for the legacy of Griggs. I'm being a walking billboard. Thank you. Listen, I should. I really do 
want you and everyone else to know that um, early childhood is important in our district. It is. In fact, we had a meeting uh, most recently where we talked about how we need more students um, and more students to have opportunity to get into a early childhood program, even if it's Head Start, you know, or even if they're introduced to um, strong daycares that then lead to a pipeline but, mm-hmm. when they get to pre-K, K. Because uh, we do want them to be, um, the word is uh, ready, first grade ready. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's when kind of some testing and kind of results yes. begin. But they need to be prepared before they get there. And I think early childhood, I mean, I call it um, learning play or play learning. Um, because when you are learning something and you and it's fun to you, um, I think you're going to pick up on it a whole lot more. And, and it's something that you're going to want to continue to do. So I really... Love the idea of the early childhood programs um, that Aldine has created. And I am always encouraging, you know, parents to check out the website, go to Aldine. I'm always saying, go to Aldine, go to Aldine. Well, we thank you for that. So I, I'm, I'm really, I really do miss the district. And uh, like I said, I do have plans eventually to, to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll find a place. education is, is very important and dear to me. And it was very important and dear to my husband as well. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's always good to see you. I want to introduce to you Miss Maureen Jackson-Jones, who was raised in Huntsville, Texas, and attended Sam Houston High School. In 1960, Miss Jones graduated from Jarvis Christian College with a Bachelor of Science degree. She majored in business education, and after moving to Houston, she pursued her elementary education certificate from Texas Southern University. Additionally, she holds a Master of Education degree in Library Science from Sam Houston and a certification in School Counseling from Texas Southern University. I think there's a story there. We'll talk about that, Ms. Jones. Ms. Jones became a licensed professional counselor in 1984. Ms. Jones retired from Alden Independent School District in 1998 after 38 years of service. She's been a teacher, a secretary, an assistant librarian, a librarian, and a counselor. She also served as a teacher intern supervisor for the University of Houston downtown. In February 2002, she was appointed to the Aldine ISD School Board. And I believe you retired from the school board in 2013. And if you don't know, Ms. Jones has a school named in her honor. And I think that is truly something. I think we all should inspire to have an elementary school or middle school or high school named after us. So I won't um, tell you much more about Ms. Jones. I'll let her tell you some stuff about her. Welcome to the show, Ms. Jones. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Tell me about this story. I feel like something's missing. So you went, you moved to Houston after graduating from Jarvis Christian College. Mm -hmm. Your daughter is like, she's a fanatic about the school. I'm a Prairie View grad. And she's just like, no, 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 Jarvis. After moving to Houston, after leaving Jarvis, you come here and you go to Texas Southern. Is mm-hmm. that how it went? Mm-hmm. And then you get an education certificate and then do you just up and decide you want to be a librarian? Or how did that go? No, I, in Aldine, I pretty much was in a position for three years at a time. And after three years of being Mr. Gray's secretary, mm-hmm. Then I started teaching, mm-hmm. and that's when I had to go to Texas Southern and get an elementary certification because my major 
at Jarvis was business education. Mm-hmm. And secretaries didn't change jobs. They they just worked and they just didn't change jobs. So I had to find something else that would pay a little bit more. <laughs> and uh, I started working on my elementary certification and then was a teacher at Drew. Oh, at Drew. After three years, they increased the library funding mm-hmm. and needed an additional person in the library. And I didn't have library certification. So I had to go to Sam mm. and start working on my library certification. And so I just put TSU aside for the moment and started doing that. And we carpooled to Huntsville two nights a week. Wow. To uh, work on those classes. What year? Oh, God, I don't remember. 76? No, 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 60s. That was back in the 60s. And usually I had to hide in the car when we went through Conroe. That seems so foreign to many people because, I mean, it's now 2020, right? And so I, you can drive down the street normal. You know, you're... Oh, yeah. But in the 60s, I mean, that was a but big that sacrifice. Was, that was difficult. And see, when I graduated from high school, I couldn't attend Sam. Mm-hmm. Well, you were from Huntsville, so Sam is out your window. I was from Huntsville and, and right there, but I couldn't attend college there. And that's why I ended up having to go to Jarvis. You could have come to Prairie View. We, I know they would have taken you. How'd you pick Jarvis? I, I, I couldn't. One of our professors from Huntsville had graduated ah, from Jarvis. The family connection. And the they family. had the Foundation of Education program where you could work and then attend school the mm. other part of the time. So I worked earning 50 cents an hour to help pay my tuition and so on. And my mother was working in Huntsville making seven fifty a week, and she gave me $5 and sent me to Jarvis to get an education. Okay, so this is, I didn't know that. I Like, I got so many emotions right now. Like, it's, it's because I'm looking really, truly at somebody who's Black history. Like, this is, people don't hear those stories. And you came in here with your fancy shoes on, and you've been through, you, I mean, you could have stopped. But you didn't. Uh-huh. Thank you. And it took me five years to graduate because of, you know, the way I was going. And I stayed on campus during the summer. One Christmas, I came home, and I had to ride the bus back. And that was when we had to go around the back. When you stopped at the bus station, you had to go around the back. And the winos and things like that were were back there. And it was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Because I graduated from high school at 16. Yes, ma'am. And so I, traveling back, and I decided then I wasn't coming home on the bus. I wasn't coming home, period, anymore. Because mm-hmm. the family didn't have a car and all that kind of stuff. So I stayed on campus year-round. Don't do that. I, it's not that it's, I, it's just, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. And, you know, that's only the beginning. We haven't even gotten to the jobs and life and how do you, man? I mean, I, you know, 
Uh-huh. It's just, I'm in awe. But but no, I, I went on. I stayed there until I finished. I graduated high school in 55 and then graduated from Jarvis in 1960. And so did you know you were moving to Houston? You didn't move to Huntsville. You, you moved to Houston. How'd you get? Tell me how you got to Aldine. I came to Houston and on Labor Day. What year? 19, I've forgotten. I did have the date down mm-hmm. of when I interviewed with Mr. Gray principal at Bethune Elementary. He needed a secretary. And he hired me that day, and I started to work the next day Mm -hmm. as secretary to Mr. Gray at Bethune Elementary. And that's how I got to to Aldine. So I think I'm going to add some context here because I don't don't know that people understand that Bethune, at the time, was it was it an all-black school? Was it only for African-Americans? Or was it an integrated school at the time? Oh, when I started in Aldine, it was everything on, on but the west side of 45. It was like that was the black Aldine Independent School District. Mm-hmm. And everything on the other side was the white Aldine Independent School District except a few students that lived out in Humble in what was called the Bordersville community. Yes, and those students were bused to Acres Home to attend Bethune, Drew, and Carver. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did, now it's different. Did Yeah, that was it. And so when you started as a secretary, have you worked anywhere else or you've only worked no. in Aldine? Oh, so only you- in Aldine. Okay. No. And I was making $2,500 a year. Wow. Single, and I had to pay my rent and eventually car note and everything out of that. But I managed. You did. You did. And so I stuck with it. And then Mr. Gray left Bethune mm-hmm. and went to Drew when it opened. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Drew as a teacher then and not a secretary. Someone, a birdie told me a little story about your um, integration of Aldine High School. As uh, an Aldine High School teacher, were you one of the first African-American teachers at Aldine? Oh, yes. I was the only thing black on that campus. There wasn't even a fly or anything else black on that campus except me. It was interesting. It was very interesting. Again, that's where I learned to smoke because I would go in in the morning as assistant librarian and the librarian and I would go over what we were going to do that day, whether it was catalog books or if we had classes coming in or whatever. And after we got through with what we were going to do, she had to have coffee and cigarettes. And so she would leave. Well, eventually she'd come back. Eventually. Yes. And she wanted to know how much I had gotten done. And and I would show her and continue working. Then it was her lunchtime. I got to have a coffee and a cigarette. And she went for another one. And after a few weeks, I started realizing what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I decided I had to have me coffee and a cigarette. So I took some cigarettes to school. 
and I would go in the teacher's lounge and got to have me a break. Coffee and a cigarette. And she said, oh, I didn't know you smoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to have me. I was choking. It was horrible learning to smoke. I didn't know how to inhale or anything, but I had to have me a coffee and a cigarette break. And then I observed that when I walked in, everybody else walked out. And I thought, this is interesting. And so then I decided I had to make a statement. And I would wait until certain people got in the lounge for their conference period and wait until I thought they had that coffee and that cigarette. And then I would walk in. And it was so funny seeing people have to put a whole cigarette out. You know, they'd just gotten one or two and they'd have to put it out and leave. Oh, because you could smoke in the but building. That was, yeah, you could smoke in the building, but they weren't going to smoke in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And so they would leave. And then I had to lounge by myself, and it was fun. I think that's a, that's a great testament to That's a survival skill, right? So you, you mm-hmm. adapted. You said, oh, I see what's going on here. Let me adapt to that. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that that adaptability served you well throughout your career. So I'm going to fast forward because I think I can take up all the time talking to you. You, I have so many questions, but I'll just call you later. Okay. Uh, but... So tell us about your talk. Oh, you want to tell me a story? But I just have one more that at that time we didn't have these little cards that you all just put in the slot and check in. Mm -hmm. You had to sign in to write your name. Mm -hmm. And people didn't want to use the pen if I used it. And so it was one man, bless his heart, and he was shuffling with the pen. I said, oh, it's okay. I brought my own. So you had your own pen. And I started taking my own pen to sign in with, and I would show them that I used my pen so they didn't have to worry about anything rubbing off on that pen that they used. Hello. Adaptability. I like it. Survival. Survival skilled, but but not, not a violent kind of way, mm-hmm. but just subtle little Enough. nice things. Southern. You spent, I mean, it says here in your bio, almost, is that 40 years? 38 years of service. And I mean, life changed. A lot of things happened during that time. More, I, I, I think that there, there was more people that looked like you that started joining the, the teams where you were teaching and working. Um, in that same 38 years, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you also moved up the ranks a bit took on some leadership roles. I think you started making a little more than $2,500. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I eventually did. It was, it was nice. <laughs> it was nice. But there were about eight of us, I think, that were chosen from the predominantly black schools and placed in different other schools mm. as the only person on that campus. So, I went to Aldine High School. Another lady went to Bethune. Uh, Miss King, I think, went to MacArthur. But we were all scattered out, elementary and uh, high school. You still live in the district. So where did you decide to settle? In Hidden Valley. Mm-hmm. 
because I, in what, 1973, when I got pregnant, I wanted my child to grow up in a neighborhood where they had sidewalks and things like that. And I was living in Acres Home at the time, and that's what I wanted for her. So we moved to Hidden Valley, mm-hmm. and we were the fourth African-American family in Hidden Valley. The school is now named um, Goodman. Goodman, yeah. And it's named after... It's, he's he not, was a former band director at Aldine High School, and he lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He and all his children lived in the neighborhood. Like you said, it was a neighborhood with sidewalks and kids riding their bikes down the street. It was a neighborhood that you aspired to live and in. And that's where I wanted my child to grow up in that, you know, in that air, that kind of area. Mm-hmm. And so we were fortunate to get a house over there, and I'm still there, and I'll be there until I go to my eternal home. Mm-hmm. It's so, conveniently located. It is. Everything that, right there you know, off the of 45, airport, yes. 45, Dallas, whatever, Galveston, you name it. It's just convenient for all that. And let's talk about you being a board member. So in 2002, two, they tapped you on the shoulder and said, you should be on the board. Or did you tell them you should be on the board? You, you seem like somebody that told them. I told them. I mean, I had retired and I wasn't really through with everything. And they didn't have a female African-American on the board. Wait, so you were the first female African-American Aldean ISD board member? Uh Uh-huh. I learned something new every day, every single day. And so I said, it's about time for them to have a woman, and I need to be that person. And so I campaigned a little bit, and I was appointed. And then I was elected in May of that year. I served all offices on the board. We we did a lot and made a lot of, of differences in things because we were you know, integrated then, mm-hmm. had had gotten a certain area of students from Acres Home to go to Nimitz and a few to go to MacArthur and all that. So all of the schools were integrated. A school's named after you. Tell me what that feels like. I want you to know, it's on my like bucket list to have a school named after me. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And you get the to see kids your name. are funny. I love them. When I go, well, when I could go before the pandemic and all that, I would go during lunch periods and uh, Mr. Marcus would introduce me and everything. And then I would just sort of mingle and talk with the kids a lot. And one little boy, you're not dead yet. Oh, man. Said, no, I'm talking to you. But I've never been to a school where a person was still it's alive. It's very true. It's very true. And I said, no, that that's unusual, but but I'm still here in living color. Absolutely. And gave him a hug. But those kind of things happen. And I never attended a school unless it was some dead person. And so that was a unique experience. And I like to try to meet each group of kids each year, so they will know who I am and 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 things like that. Tell us the official name of your school. Marine Jones Middle School. 
So you drive by Marine Jones Middle School. It's a brand new uh-huh. school, too. Oh, yes. And it's beautiful. And it's all just one big layout. It's not two-story like some of them, you know, and it's just all that open space and that beautiful school out there. Just love it. <laughs> do you wish you could go now? I know we're in the pandemic, but. I do. And and I'm going to have to, regardless of the pandemic. Just wear your mask. But, but Marcus and, and Marcy, you know, they they have a thing about me not being exposed. And I understand, but he's going to see me soon. <laughs> well, this is his warning. This Ooh. is his warning. Okay, Ms. Jones, this is, has been an amazing experience. I'm going to talk to you some more offline, though, because there's some stories I need to hear. I need to know more about your time at Aldine High School. I want to know what it was like to live in Acres Home. I, I have so many questions, but I... I only have a few minutes on the show, so we're going to have to cut it short. All right. My last question for you is, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to know you for? Just that I loved people and tried to make people happy. I think that, that that's, that's all I do. I mean, I smile all the time. You smile all the time. Yes. I've smiled the whole episode. I haven't stopped smiling <laughs> the whole entire episode. But that, that's what I like to do because a lot of people, and especially now, they're just in deep thought and that every little thing stress them out. And I just like to say something funny or to make them smile or help them just relax a bit. It's, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. you know, just... It could be worse. Yeah. And that, that, that's all. That's all I try to do. It was a pleasure, and I hope, hope people can learn from the experiences that I had, and you can go through what seems like tough times, but you don't have to come out a bitter and angry person. That's the best thing I've heard all day. You can get in good trouble. Thank you so much. Yeah, just drop it like it's hot. Look, if you don't include that drop it like it's hot, I would be so upset. 